Hello, friends. Welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who believes in utilizing functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach, which looks at uncovering the root causes for the symptoms we are having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a band-aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I feel so strongly about this that I had to leave my conventional medicine practice. While conventional medicine thrives with acute care issues, there is much to be desired with regards to chronic conditions. No longer could I practice in an institution where volume of patients rather than optimization of health was its driving force. I started my own practice specializing in functional medicine where I work with my clients to uncover their unique story. Utilizing the functional medicine timeline and matrix, identifying the antecedents, triggers, and mediators driving the disease process assists with getting to the root causes of the symptoms in order to allow for healing. This personalized approach leads to improved health outcomes. If you want to work with me and live in Indiana, head on over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to book your free introductory call. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from, and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. Today we are continuing along in our series on anxiety. In part one, we went in depth about what anxiety is and its prevalence in the world. We spoke about the different types of anxiety disorders. Part two dove into the causes, triggers of anxiety. Last week, we began the discussion on the management of anxiety. We went into traditional treatment and its limitations. We got into the nitty-gritty of holistic medicine and the importance of treating the whole person, including mind, body, and spirit. We zeroed in on the role of nutrition in mental health and foods and nutrients that can help reduce anxiety. I am definitely a food-first individual, if at all possible. If you missed any of these episodes, I highly recommend you pause this show and listen to episodes 47, 48, and 49, as it will help build the foundation to better understand anxiety, as this is a fundamental component of treating anxiety. As I always say, we are not the same. We are all unique and different and need personalization. Today's outline, segment five, herbal remedies and supplements. Herbal remedies and supplements for anxiety, the science behind some of these natural treatments. And then we're going to get into precautions and potential side effects. Next week, we will conclude this series and get into segment six, mindfulness and meditation, 
how mindfulness and meditation can reduce anxiety, practical tips for incorporating mindfulness into daily life, segment seven, movement and exercise, the benefits of physical activity for anxiety relief. We're going to explore different forms of exercise like yoga, tai chi, and qigong, segment eight, energy healing modalities like acupuncture and reiki, how these therapies can address anxiety. Segment 9, Holistic Lifestyle Changes. We're going to get into key holistic lifestyle changes for anxiety management, the importance of creating a balanced and supportive environment. And we're going to round out the show with strategies for coping with anxiety and the anxiety stigma. I was going to just plow right through and do all of these five segments today in one episode, but friends, my friends, it was making me anxious. I did not want to skimp on the herbs and supplements because I know that so many of you have been asking for information on this topic. There is so much to discuss, and I had to limit it to some degree, even though we do get very in-depth with the info. If you want a part two of herbs and supplements for anxiety, let me know and I will do a separate special episode on this crucial topic and give you a shout out. Today's show was inspired by a question from Denise. Denise asked, quote, I heard that there are herbs that can help with anxiety. If you Google this, the list is long and I don't want to waste my time or money on something that won't help or even worse, make me feel worse. Are there any herbs that you might suggest for someone with generalized anxiety disorder? End quote. Thank you so much, Denise, for your question. As a reminder, if you have a question or an idea for a show, send me a DM, email, or comment on a YouTube video and I will give you a shout out. All of the links are in the show notes. Are you ready, friends? I know you are busting at the seams for today's topic. Let's lean into the fourth segment of our anxiety series, let's start with what I know you probably most want to know about, herbal remedies and supplements. I know I already mentioned a disclaimer earlier, but I feel the need to state that if you're considering trying an herb or supplement versus a medication or in conjunction with a medication, speak with your practitioner as there are many nuances with herbs. I am also not going to get into dosing as this is highly personalized. The source matters of the herb or supplement. It is very important. There are a lot of low quality offerings out there. I always say the brand, the dose, and the length of time matter. I will be generalizing in this segment and not going over specific herbs or supplements necessarily for panic disorder versus generalized anxiety disorder. I also want to remind you that the reason behind the anxiety matters and should be identified so that a helpful intervention can be initiated. I know I love lists, <laughs> and I know many of you also appreciate a good list. I've got 10 herbal remedies that may greatly assist with anxiety. This is not an exhaustive list, but some of my favorites. Number one, ashwagandha. This is probably my favorite adaptogen and one I recommend to many of my clients. Ashwagandha, commonly known as Indian ginseng, is one of the most important herbs of Ayurveda. 
If you want to learn more about Ayurveda, episode 24, go back and listen to the interview with Dr. Shivani Gupta. Adaptogens can be so helpful as they can help the body to adapt. In my experience, one of the driving forces of anxiety can be an underlying adrenal dysfunction. There are many moving parts and adaptogens may just be one of the considerations. What will move the needle towards wellness the most are the foundational aspects of wellness, the bottom of the matrix, as we discussed last week. I love ashwagandha because it can be beneficial no matter which phase of adrenal dysfunction, if you have adrenal dysfunction, that is, that you're in. Some herbs can help with lowering cortisol. Some can help with raising cortisol. Cortisol is so important to truly understand, and we did an entire series on this subject, my number one series to date, episodes 13, 14, and 15. I use ashwagandha daily, and I also add it to my husband's morning smoothie. There's a lot of research behind ashwagandha. It's also been shown to be helpful with thyroid issues, so it's a one-two punch. Of course, it depends on the thyroid issue, and we'll get into that later. This herb has a GABA mimetic effect. So do benzodiazepines. Interesting, huh? Ashwagandha has been shown to have an anxiolytic effect, improve energy and mitochondrial health. I don't know about you, but I want optimal mitochondria. There are many, many other potential health benefits of this powerhouse herb, but we will leave it at that. Number two, lemon balm. Historically, lemon balm has been known to have tranquilizing, sedative-like effects. It may also help with gas, fevers, menstrual issues, and thyroid issues. Studies have shown that lemon balm possesses a high phenolic content and high antioxidant properties, therefore assisting with oxidative stress. I am very interested in diving deeper into this fascinating herb in the future. If you're interested in a special episode on lemon balm, let me know and I will give you a shout out. Number three, holy basil. Holy basil, more commonly called Tulsi, is another revered herb adaptogen due to its many potential benefits. There is mounting evidence that holy basil can address psychological, physical, chemical, and metabolic stress. This adaptogen has been found to protect tissues and organs against chemical stress, like from heavy metals or industrial pollutants. I am a big fan of being protected from such things. Holy basil has also been shown to be protective against prolonged physical exertion, exposure to cold, and excessive noise. The list is long for many other benefits like normalization of blood sugar, blood pressure, cholesterol, and also psychological stress through its anxiolytic and antidepressant properties. Holy basil is also rich in antioxidants like polyphenols and flavonoids and can protect the body from oxidative stress. And we know that oxidative stress has been linked with anxiety disorders. Holy basil can be steeped as tea, made into a tincture, or taken in supplement form. But remember, dosing matters. Number four, rhodiola. Rhodiola rosea also called rose root or golden root, belongs to the plant family Crisula CA. Friends, you know I struggle with pronunciation at times, so please give me a pass. 
This yellow-flowered perennial has been a valuable medicinal plant for a very long time, beloved for its use with increasing physical endurance and productivity, treating fatigue, depression, particularly treatment-resistant depression, anxiety and mood issues, and nervous system disorders. In 2011, the European Medicines Agency approved its traditional use as an adaptogen. Are you sensing a trend here? For the relief of symptoms such as fatigue, exhaustion, and general weakness associated with stress. Rhodiola has also been shown to be a powerful adaptogen for those battling with adrenal dysfunction, particularly those in stage two, the resistance phase of adrenal dysfunction. Next on the list, number five, valerian. Valerian has been used for centuries to address a variety of health concerns, including sleep disorders, depression, and anxiety. Valerian may promote cell proliferation in the hippocampus, playing a role in saving injured neurons. The hippocampus is an area of the brain that has a major role in memory and learning and is a very vulnerable structure that can get damaged by a variety of different stimuli. The hippocampus has been shown to be affected in a variety of neurological and psychiatric disorders. So valerian is something I am very interested in knowing more about. Valerian is thought to interact with neurotransmitters in the brain, such as GABA, which I mentioned earlier, gamma aminobutyric acid. GABA is one of our primary inhibitory neurotransmitters, producing a calming effect. I definitely need to upregulate my calming neurotransmitters. How about you? Valerian is commonly used as a natural remedy for insomnia. I have used it off and on for years, and it greatly helped when I had high cortisol, particularly at night. Valerian also has muscle relaxant properties, which as we identified previously, can be affiliated with anxiety. Therefore, valerian may also help with this issue. Number six, lavender. Lavender is well known for its soothing aroma but it also has scientifically demonstrated anxiety-reducing effects. Studies have shown that inhaling lavender essential oil can reduce anxiety and improve mood by affecting the brain's limbic system, which plays a role in emotions. I have used a lavender essential oil roller at my temples in the past. Shout out to Vicki Bledsoe, my massage therapist and herbal extraordinaire. Lavender is a highly fragrant herb. If you have ever walked through a lavender field, then you know, ah, heaven. For centuries, this herb has been used for different physical and emotional ailments, including anxiety disorders. Lavender can also help with sleep disturbances, in particular sleep quality and duration. Who doesn't want to wake up feeling more refreshed? One of the best ways to get the benefit of lavender is through tea. I am not much of a tea drinker, so I have utilized an essential oil diffuser in my bedroom for my evening routine. Love it. Number seven, chamomile. Chamomile contains compounds like apigenin that have demonstrated anxiolytic, anxiety-reducing, effects. These compounds may work by binding to receptors in the brain and promoting relaxation. Chamomile is derived from the flowers of the Chamomilla Riku Tita plant and is one of the most widely used herbal remedies 
in the world. Research suggests that several of its flavonoid components may have an anxiolytic and antidepressant activity. When compared to SSRIs and SNRIs, the go-to standards for anxiety disorders with common side effects such as weight gain and sexual dysfunction, as noted in a randomized controlled trial, the participants who received the chamomile actually lost weight, decreased their blood pressure, and had no sexual side effects, making this option particularly attractive for those who cannot tolerate SSRIs or SNRIs or for those who prefer a more holistic approach. Typically, chamomile is consumed in a tea and may alleviate symptoms such as nervousness, tension, and restlessness. It may also help with GI symptoms such as bloating or indigestion, due to its mild anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmodic properties. We also need to underline that chamomile is rich in antioxidants, which by now you already know can protect the body and the brain from oxidative stress. Number eight, passion flower. This is another one I have tried, but to be completely transparent, discontinued as I felt it was inducing too much calm. Is there such a thing for me? Yes, but I used it in the morning, in my smoothie. Perhaps trying it at night, I may have a different opinion. Passion flower has been found to increase the brain's level of GABA, similar to valerian root. This increasing GABA activity can contribute to its anxiety-relieving properties. Passion flower, also known as Passiflora incarnata, is a perennial plant which has been studied in the literature for quite some time for its assistance in the treatment of depression, insomnia, and anxiety. Several promising randomized clinical trials reported that there was a reduction with anxiety without any memory loss or other adverse effects noted. Passion flower has also been used for other health issues such as diarrhea, neurotic disorders, and dysmenorrhea, or painful periods. Passion flower has many phytochemicals such as flavonoids, in particular quercetin and luteolin. Number nine, kava. Kava has been studied extensively for its potential to reduce anxiety and induce relaxation. Its active compounds, known as cavalactones, affect the brain's neurotransmitters, particularly GABA receptors, to create a calming effect. Kava, also known as Piper methysticum, a plant whose roots have been used in traditional medicine for over 1,500 years years. Kava has been utilized to treat a variety of health issues such as anxiety, stress, pain, and menstrual disorders. It has been thought that the limbic structures of the brain are the principal site of cavalactone action. Kava may also be helpful for those battling insomnia or ADHD. And last on the list, number 10, Panax ginseng, also known as Asian or Korean ginseng. Ginseng has been used around the world for over 2,000 years for a variety of health issues. Ginseng is arguably the most valued and widely used herb in Asia. Ginseng has been shown to have anxiolytic properties. It has traditionally been used to stimulate both physical and mental activity, enhance stamina, and increase overall resistance to stress. It is indicated for those who have exhausted reserves, for those in stage three 
adrenal dysfunction as it has been shown to improve cortisol to DHEA ratios. It also has been shown to stimulate the immune system, protects neurons from hypoxia, and exhibits anti-atherosclerotic and anti-hypertensive properties. So, it may be beneficial for the cardiovascular system. When I had stage 3 adrenal dysfunction and I was close to a flatline with regards to cortisol throughout the day, no wonder I was so tired. I used Panax ginseng and I did notice a pretty significant improvement. My latest adrenal testing showed drastic improvement with my adrenals. When we know the why behind our symptoms, we can swim upstream. We can actually feel better. I do not take this consistently anymore. I don't believe we need to take most things every day forever. I did not just take Panax ginseng and cross my fingers. Remember the bottom of the matrix? I worked on all those things simultaneously. This is very important to remember. Now let's explore some supplements and nutrients. I separated these from herbs, but we need to remember that many of the herbs can be taken as supplements. I did not want to be repetitive, so I am not including them again in this list. When you partner with your healthcare practitioner, it is important when formulating your action plan to consider the way in which you prefer to take in an herb or vitamin nutrient. Do you prefer teas or swallowing capsules? Maybe you prefer to use essential oils instead. I would caution you if you're using essential oils to use them for their aroma or possibly topical with an agent and not to ingest them. Okay, I've got eight supplements, nutrients that may help with reducing anxiety. Number one, magnesium. Ah, magnesium. Magnesium may be my favorite mineral. Magnesium plays a crucial role in regulating the nervous system. Magnesium is involved in a variety of physiological processes in the body, including those related to mood and anxiety regulation. Magnesium is a critical cofactor for the regulation of the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. If you remember back to our cortisol series, the HPA axis is responsible for the body's stress response. Adequate magnesium may help to modulate the release of stress hormones, which can contribute to anxiety. Magnesium influences neurotransmitter activity in the brain, including the production and function of GABA. Remember, GABA is our calming neurotransmitter. Magnesium is so necessary for our muscles, particularly muscle relaxation. I oftentimes recommend magnesium for sleep issues as well. Magnesium is also involved in maintaining healthy blood pressure and heart function. High blood pressure can be a physical symptom of anxiety. Remember, we need to look at the whole picture. The type of magnesium matters. There are many varieties and they do not all do the same thing. I typically recommend magnesium glycinate for this. Though magnesium threonate has been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier and may be more effective. Again, this is where it is very helpful to partner with your practitioner. Supplements are very nuanced. I can't even tell you how many individuals tell me they tried X, Y, or Z and it didn't work only to find out it was a junk brand, not GMP certified, and in an inappropriate dose. These things matter, friends. Number two, 
L-theanine. L-theanine is a very unique non-protein amino acid that is found in tea leaves and has been shown to have calming effects by increasing the production of alpha waves in the brain. These alpha waves are associated with relaxation and mental alertness. In the research, this nutraceutical has been shown to improve depression, anxiety, and sleep. L-theanine is one of the phytonutrients found in green tea. The question then becomes, do you take a dedicated L-theanine supplement or simply incorporate green tea into your daily life? Green tea has many other incredible health benefits, some of which we have spoken about before on the show. I am usually a try-the-food-first approach and see where it gets you. I add matcha to my morning smoothie just a little bit. There are a number of different potions and powders <laughs> in my morning smoothie. I feel so good after drinking it. I also like that I can add just a little and see how I do versus taking a potent pill. Something to think about. Number three, omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids, particularly EPA and DHA, have anti-inflammatory properties and can affect brain function. Research suggests that omega-3 supplements may reduce symptoms of anxiety, especially in individuals with low omega-3 intake. If you know me, then you already know I am a big fan of omega-3 supplements. PUFAs, such as Ecosa pentanoic acid, EPA, and Docosa hexanoic acid, DHA, are essential nutrients for the body. Remember that we need to consume these or take as supplements as our bodies do not make these essential nutrients on their own. We went deep, my friends, into omega-3 fats, episode 39. You need to know this information. PUFAs may have both preventative and therapeutic effects on all kinds of conditions, including anxiety. We need to remember that we need a balance of these nutrients. This is another notch on the belt of unraveling the cause of the anxiety. We need to swim upstream so we know the why behind the symptom. So then we can adequately treat. Some research is showing that higher amounts of EPA compared to DHA may be more beneficial with treating anxiety. Number four, 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan. 5-HTP is synthesized from the amino acid L-tryptophan. Let's talk briefly about tryptophan. Tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin and melatonin. Serotonin is implicated in anxiety disorders, hence the use of SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, used to increase serotonin activity. Since tryptophan is needed to make serotonin, it is suggested that giving tryptophan can improve anxiety symptoms. It may also help with depression, sleep, and pain. 5-HTP may be especially helpful for those battling panic disorder and agoraphobia. Number 5, L-lysine and L-arginine. These are amino acids, the building blocks of protein. L-lysine is an essential amino acid, meaning we must take in this amino acid as we cannot synthesize it on our own. L-lysine has been shown to reduce chronic anxiety, particularly with those individuals with a low intake of L-lysine. A combination of L-lysine and l 
arginine has been shown to mediate the stress response in those with a high anxiety trait. L-arginine is another amino acid. However, it is not an essential amino acid, meaning we can synthesize this. The research shows that combining these two amino acids together may be even more beneficial for reducing anxiety. Food sources of L-arginine include red meat, poultry, fish, soy, beans, dairy, and whole grains. Number six, vitamin D3. One of the most important considerations regarding anxiety is its association with oxidative stress and inflammation. We know that vitamin D has strong antioxidant capacity and can greatly help with both oxidative stress and inflammation. Vitamin D has neurotropic, neuroprotective, and immunomodulatory properties and may greatly impact the brain tissue involved in the pathophysiology of anxiety. I am a fan of testing vitamin D levels. So often, I uncover an underlying vitamin D deficiency which can absolutely cause or contribute to anxiety. Number seven, vitamin B6. Vitamin B6, also known as pyridoxine, is vitally important for overall health, but also for our mood. Recent studies have shown that high doses of vitamin B6 can significantly reduce anxiety and depression, and that incorporating this supplement into your daily routine can improve cognitive function, boost mental well-being, and treat mood disorders. Vitamin B6 plays a crucial role in the biosynthesis of neurotransmitters. Vitamin B6 is required in the methylation process along with folate and B12. These three vital nutrients are required to create methionine, which is a precursor to SAMe, S-adenosylmethionine. SAMe is the carrier of the methyl group assisting with the process of methylation. This is a highly complex process, but one I feel we should all know more about. I do a lot of genetic testing in my practice and oftentimes see a genetic SNP that can cause a deficiency in vitamin B6. The individuals with this SNP usually have some type of anxiety disorder. Interestingly, I have the NBPT3CC genotype neuroblastoma breakpoint family member three. This SNP has been shown to influence the breakdown of B6, increasing its clearance from the body, thus leading to a deficiency of B6. There are other SNPs that are involved with potential vitamin B deficiency as well. I am usually a fan of bringing in a methylated or active B complex rather than separating out the B vitamins. Knowing that we need more than just B6 or B12 or folate, it may be indicated, however, to add in higher doses of B6 depending on the circumstances. Number eight, inositol. This may be considered controversial, but I don't mind stirring the pot. Inositol oftentimes referred to as myo-inositol, is a naturally occurring carbohydrate compound that plays a vital role in various cellular processes in the body, including those related to mood regulation. Emerging research suggests that inositol may have potential benefits for individuals with anxiety disorders. 
Inositol is a precursor to phosphatidylinositol, a key component of cell membranes. It is also involved in the communication of our chemical messengers. Quote, myo-inositol is the structural basis of many hormonal secondary messengers, end quote, regulating the release of neurotransmitters like serotonin and norepinephrine. Proper neurotransmitter function is essential for mood regulation and imbalances in these neurotransmitters have been linked to anxiety disorders. Inositol supplementation may help balance neurotransmitter activity. Inositol is essential for several key components of cellular health. Cellular growth and survival require inositol. Inositol is also essential for peripheral nerves development and function. There is some very interesting research on inositol. A PubMed search on inositol will yield more than 20,000 results. Inositol has shown effectiveness in various applications, according to research. It has been found to be better than a placebo in treating depression, especially in women with premenstrual depressive disorder. It is also considered a promising treatment for psychological symptoms related to PMS and for managing depressive symptoms in bipolar depressed patients without causing manic episodes. In the context of panic disorder, inositol has been shown to be as effective as the pharmaceutical drug fluvoxamine, and it may even be a better option for reducing panic attacks in patients. Inositol may be beneficial for overall health because it has shown promise in various areas such as anxiety disorders, depression, hormonal balance, stress, cognitive function, weight management, and it may even be beneficial for liver health. Now let's consider some precautions and potential side effects of supplements and nutrients you may consider for anxiety. I'm not going to separate out every potential side effect for every herb supplement nutrient mentioned. I'm going to give you the high-level info, the most pertinent. As with any supplement, medication, nutrient, we need to consider that you are unique and different just as I am. And what jives with my body may not be what jives with yours. It may be the delivery system of the nutraceutical in question. You may try magnesium and have a poor reaction that is due to the fillers in the capsule rather than the mineral itself. There are different types of many different vitamins and minerals. Let's take magnesium, for example. There's magnesium citrate, magnesium oxide, magnesium glycinate, magnesium malate, magnesium threonate, magnesium sulfate. Believe it or not, there are more. If you decide to try magnesium and pick up magnesium oxide, it may not help your anxiety. Typically, magnesium is well tolerated, but excessive magnesium intake can lead to stomach pain, diarrhea, and other GI issues. Taking L-theanine is considered safe for most individuals, but rarely it could cause headaches, dizziness, or even GI symptoms. Years ago, when I worked at the hospital as an RN, I started taking green tea extract in the form of a supplement capsule. Remember, L-theanine is in green tea. I did not try this when I worked night shift. I actually started it when I switched to days. I had nausea intermittently 
for years and was taking prescription Finnergan off and on. I noticed that my nausea worsened and I started having significant abdominal pain. I did not put two and two together. I didn't think it was related to the green tea supplement. I remember a friend of mine, Maggie, the pharmacist. Love her. She asked me what was wrong when she saw my twisted up face. (laughs) My lips were twisted. At least that's what my husband says when I look upset or in pain. I told her I was very nauseous. She asked me what was different recently. I told her nothing was. (laughs) She pressed on and got specific. Have you been taking any new medications or supplements? I was like, no. Then it was like a light bulb turned on. I said, well... I did start a green tea supplement, but I've used green tea before and had no issues. So that is probably not it. Maggie smiled. Man, I miss you, Maggie. She asked me what the dose of the supplement was. Why had I not considered this? I told her they were 500 milligram capsules. She smiled again. It may very well be the high dose of green tea extract that is causing GI issues. I stopped the supplement and started to feel so much better. I still had intermittent nausea, but the worsened issues improved dramatically. Do I still have nausea? No. What happened? We will save that for another episode. Let's talk about ashwagandha and possible side effects. Ashwagandha is a member of the nightshade family. If someone is sensitive to nightshades, they may have issues with taking ashwagandha. There is always the possibility of GI upset, but this is usually seen with very high doses. Liver injury may be possible, though this was noted to be very rare. Other studies have suggested that ashwagandha is very safe with minimal to no adverse effects. Ashwagandha can improve thyroid function by increasing the conversion of T4, the mostly inactive form, to T3 the active form, making this a potentially great addition for those battling hypothyroidism. Conversely, if someone has an overactive thyroid, hyperthyroidism, or Graves' disease, this may not be a desired result. 5-HTP should be used with caution in individuals currently taking antidepressants as it could lead to serotonin syndrome. GI symptoms such as nausea, gas, heartburn, diarrhea, vomiting, are also possible, as it is possible with pretty much all medications and supplements. So we need to remember that. Lemon balm appears to be overall safe for use. However, some may experience GI issues. Usually this is seen at very high doses. Due to its mild sedative properties, lemon balm may cause drowsiness, especially if used in combination with other sedative substances. Low blood pressure is possible. Those who already have hypotension or who take anti-hypertensive medications need to consider this. Lemon balm may interfere with thyroid medications, particularly with the absorption of thyroid medicine. Omega-3 supplements, since these are essential for humans, they must be safe, right? The short answer is mostly. Some individuals may experience GI effects, in particular burping or stomach discomfort. This may be exacerbated in those without a gallbladder. This may be prevented by taking the liquid form, which is usually my preference for sure. In the literature, it may perpetuate atrial fibrillation. This was noted to be a very, very low risk and correlated with individuals who already had cardiovascular disease and or other chronic conditions and who were older 
it is something to consider. Remember, we're talking about supplements, not eating more flax or chia seeds or salmon. For some time, it has been hypothesized that omega-3 supplements increase the risk of bleeding. However, this has been debunked, and it does not appear that this is a true risk. As with all things medical, it needs to be personalized. Let's talk about rhodiola. This adaptogen is pretty terrific, if you ask me. Like with anything else, side effects are possible, though typically not seen, but may include dizziness, excessive saliva production, or even dry mouth. Feelings of jitteriness and sleep problems may be possible. Remember, this adaptogen has been shown to improve fatigue and exhaustion, a truly fantastic addition for those battling with adrenal dysfunction, but it can be overstimulating for some, usually with higher doses. Perhaps taking it in the morning rather than at night would be more beneficial. I use this adaptogen and put it in my morning smoothie. I do cycle adaptogens. Again, I don't typically recommend using the same adaptogen or supplement every single day forever. If you are currently taking some form of a stimulant, this may not be the adaptogen for you. How about kava? Are there any possible side effects? Liver damage, though rare, is possible, though the exact cause is unclear. GI symptoms, headache, dizziness are potential side effects. For those who take kava regularly, long-term kava use, a rare skin condition called dermopathy may develop. Dermopathy is known as crocodile skin, dry, scaly, flaky, with a yellowish discoloration. This condition has been shown to be reversible. You also need to consider what else you are taking. Do you drink alcohol? Back in NP school, I specifically remember when we were learning about evening supplements, some may take to relax, that we need to pay particular attention to those using kava and also alcohol. But this makes sense, right? What are we taking that could suppress our CNS, central nervous system? Valerian. We now know that valerian can be a wonderful addition to a supplement routine to help with sleep. Are there any potential side effects to consider? Of course. The typical possibility of GI upset, but also headaches, uneasiness, mental dullness, excitability, drowsiness. Yes, you heard me correctly. It can wake you up too much or make you sleepy. We are all unique and different. Some people may experience very vivid dreams. I have experienced this myself. I do not take it every day, usually, or every night rather. Usually I reserve it for when my routine is altered, like on vacation, for example. It is wild how much more vivid my dreams are. Not everyone is going to experience this, and I don't necessarily find this to be a negative side effect for me, just something to consider. Because of the sedative-like effects, if someone is already taking a medication or supplement to induce calm, this could potentially be a problem. I want to point something out. Back in the day when I was taking Finergan or Promethazine for nausea pretty regularly, I was also taking Benadryl to help with sleep because it seemed to be relatively safe. I was also taking amitriptyline for migraines. What is the commonality of all of these medication supplements? They all suppress 
the central nervous system. You may not even be aware that your allergy medicine can have an effect on your CNS. And if we compound that, add in a little valerian or kava or whatever, it may be the tipping point for toxicity to your CNS. If an individual overdoses on a CNS depressant, whether purposefully or accidentally, breathing slows and could even stop. Hypoxia, which is a decrease in oxygen to the brain, can occur. If this happens, there could be short or even long-term mental effects on the central nervous system, including coma or even permanent brain damage. It is essential to consider you. You are unique and different. You may have a side effect not mentioned today. I am a fan of not only working with an experienced practitioner to dial in a treatment plan that is hyper-personalized, but also monitoring for potential side effects. This usually means only starting one new supplement medication at a time and waiting several days to see how you do. It is not always obvious. Well, it should have been obvious to me with my healthcare background especially, but it was not. I already had nausea, so I didn't equate worsening nausea with the new supplement, especially since I had taken green tea in the past and was fine with it. The dose, the delivery method matters, my friends. Maybe you took a capsule form in the past and this time tried a tablet and a new or worsening symptom occurred. We need to essentially be detectives. We need to be looking for potential issues. Some may disagree with me and feel if we are hyper-focused looking for side effects, we will experience them. I, however, feel it is vitally important to have awareness, to empower my clients to know what to look for, even if it just means any odd symptom, no matter how unrelated it appears to be, like how a food can cause new or worsening anxiety. Sugar does this with me. I never would have thought that sugar could do this. Now I understand. Well, this has been a banger of an episode today. I hope you agree. I would love to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, reach out to me. All of the links are in the show notes. Also, I'm planning on offering masterclasses, bringing into the mix a certified nutrition counselor and a certified yoga instructor. Some possible masterclass topics we're considering include osteopenia, osteoporosis and bone health, adrenal optimization, and gut health. If you're interested in getting on a wait list, DM me, email at thefunctionalnursepractitioner at hotmail.com. You can also just click the link through my website. Let me know and I will add you to the wait list. Next week, we will be rounding out the show, getting into mindfulness, movement, energy healing and alternative therapies, and holistic lifestyle changes. Be sure you are subscribed to the show and click that notification bell. Thanks so much for spending time with me today, and I will see you very soon. Bye, friends.